It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Musician Studio. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm joined today by another great musician. Ryan Tilby specializes in the guitar, mandolin, banjo, and bass. That's what he's really known for. He's a studio musician that's toured in a lot of different ways. He's also a producer operating his own studio. Ryan, thanks so much, and welcome to the Musician Studio. How are you? Good, Ethan. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on. i got to tell you, of all the instruments out there... I was intrigued to see that you had picked the banjo. <laughs> now, how did you land on the banjo? Did you is that where you started or did you kind of walk yourself there? No, that is uh that was ground zero for me. You're banjo. kidding. Um, no, my my parents, you know, like every good parent said maybe it's time for you to try a musical instrument. And you know, we were batting around all the all the regular options and uh and then I happened to hear a guy play a banjo. And it and it just it I don't I don't know if I believe in fate or not, but man, it just it just changed everything about my life. I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever heard, and my parents, bless them, gave it a shot. They said, "Yeah, sure, sure, banjo. Let's yeah, whatever. We'll give that a week." <laughs> but it's never gone away. That's that's still my that's still my favorite thing to play, and, and still kind of my the thing that I'm best at in the world of banjo players. I I like that the best. Oh. What was it that you heard in that music? When you first heard the banjo, what was it that you loved so much? I think from from where I stand now, looking back, I I think what I liked about it is that, for one, nobody else was doing it. And that I know that about myself now. It's kind of nice to do something that not everyone is doing. Right. Um, but, man, it was just loud and shiny and, you know... I, I think I was like a fish or something. I just saw it and it caught my attention, and it was just a beautiful thing. I've always loved the banjos. Always seemed to me to be a very friendly instrument. It's hard to be in a bad mood and play the banjo. That's I've, right. I've tried, believe me. Yeah, banjo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've. Uh, it's got a very kind of happy, very friendly, very kind of open sound. Uh, yeah. You also are playing the guitar, mandolin, the bass. Uh, not many people play the mandolin. In fact, you you would know this better than me, but I feel like the mandolin might be even more rare than the banjo, or once you kind of learn one string in instrument, can you jump back and forth pretty easily? It's, uh, it's, it is becoming pretty rare. I think banjo is kind of getting a little resurgence now, which is, which is nice. Um, but in bluegrass music, it's, which is what I grew up playing as, as a banjo player, it's, it's pretty common if you play one instrument, to start working on all the others, you know, and, and, and nobody really gave it much of a second thought. When I was growing up, uh, it just it just made sense if you have a, a mandolin in the van and you're stuck in the van for three weeks that you'd, you'd kind of pick up a few things. So it was, I never really, I, I didn't even know the word multi-instrumentalist uh, until I sort of got out of the bluegrass music scene and people were so impressed that I was, proficient on on more than one thing (laughs) uh tell me when would you use a mandolin well uh in bluegrass 
first, um, but it, it shows up a lot more than you think in pop and even rock once you, once you have an ear for what you're listening for. Um, a lot of people just sort of go straight to the Godfather, and, uh, and I, guess that's one, I guess that's one use of, of a mandolin. But uh, folk music, uh, you know, even R.E.M. kind of brought it back. Back in the 90s, they were using, believe it or not, a lot of mandolin in their, in their rock and roll. Led Zeppelin used one quite a bit. It's it's out there. It's just one of those. It's like high fructose corn syrup. You just don't realize it's in everything. But <laughs> once you start looking for it, though, you see it everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to start looking for it. I know what you're saying with with uh, with REM. It occurs to me. I think Sting used it quite a bit as well. I, I feel he like does, he's yeah. yeah he's he's what one place that I've heard it. So. Uh, would you recommend to musicians or people that are learning instruments that once you kind of start to get the handle on one string instrument, just bust out and try them all? Oh, I, I absolutely recommend that. I mean, not not only for, you know, bragging rights, but as a writing tool. Sometimes if you, I mean, I, I know a lot of songwriters and I've tried it myself. And, and when I'm holding just the, the my go-to instrument, if I'm writing with a guitar, I tend to write the same song over and over. Um, but it, but if I but if I switch to a mandolin or if I or if heaven forbid write a song with a banjo I get, I get a different song I get a different part of my brain working and that's and I think it's even if you're terrible at, a, at another instrument man it's a it's a good use of time just to sit down and hack at it for a while. Well, and it does stretch your brain. It's one of the reasons why music education is so recommended for children is because it really expands your brain. Even if you don't go into music, if you even if you never really get into it, it's still an exercise that makes that develops you, makes you better. I, I could not agree with you more. Absolutely. Uh, so tell me this. You are a working musician. You are in a rarefied profession. Music is everywhere. It's everywhere around us. But the number of people who are actually able to have a, career, a meaningful career in music, writing, performing, producing music, it's actually really small. Uh, when did you realize, what was the moment that you realized, hey, I think I could have a real career in music. This isn't just something fun I do. I think this could be the rest of my life. What was that moment? I, uh, out, of, out of high school, I, I landed a, a steady gig. <laughs> this is crazy. I, uh, I, I paid for a, a Mormon mission by playing two summers in a bar in West Yellowstone. Oh, you're kidding. I love that. Um, That's amazing. And, and, and that was the first moment I realized, like, oh, this, this could be a job. Like, I started to meet enough people to realize that, um, and this was, this was back before, uh, you know, American Idol and, and some of these reality TV shows that I think have really changed the perspective of what kids think making it in the music business has to look like. Um, but but that's, that's about the age I thought, oh, shoot, this is... There is music all around me, and and music doesn't just mean you're the lead singer in a rock band. You could, for every for every famous singer you've ever wished you could be in your life, there are 500 working bands out there that you'll never hear of who who play music for a living. And sometimes it's a lot of work and not a lot of money. But but making it doesn't have to be that one percent. You know, there's there are a million ways to make a living in the music business, and I've. I've tried about half of them, I think, by now. It's, it's been a good journey. Uh, did you ever try any other career, or did you go straight to music and you never left it? Straight to music and I never left it. Um, 
and and within that, you know, I I spent about nine years on the road with a band who was signed to a, a record label deal, and and then I spent a lot of years trying to trying to make a name for myself as a studio musician to stay closer to home, and and currently I still do a lot of traveling. I mean, I'm 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 calling you from Wisconsin right now, um, but I've I've kind of narrowed it down to being an audio engineer and producer uh, in, in my own studio. And that, you know, it's, it's all still music, but they are pretty distinctly different jobs from, from life on the road to life in the studio. Uh, you mentioned that you paid for your mission uh, playing two summers at a bar at Yellowstone. And uh, were, you, <clears throat> were you conscious of, the, of that amazing... I don't know if I'd call it irony necessarily, but that amazing contrast of, you know, kind of where you were <laughs> in a bar playing music to entertain people. And, you know, you contrast that against what you intended to use the money for. Were you aware of that irony uh, when you were a teenager? It, it didn't hit me. Okay, on, on my 18th birthday, um, I was sitting, actually... <laughs> Here's a here's an irony for you in Wisconsin where I am now. Okay, hundred miles from where I am now. On my 18th birthday, I was in Wisconsin. It's January. I'm sitting also in a bar, and not the kind you would not. I mean, this was like scary bar. Uh, sitting at a table with a bunch of guys I didn't know, uh, doing shots of Mountain Dew because that was the only <laughs> thing they had there to drink that I was going to drink. Uh, and that's when I realized, oh, like this is there. There's a certain amount of hypocrisy to to this career. Uh, that I have to be prepared to to deal with, um, and and it's not been a big deal. There there are amazing people all over this of course, planet, yeah. and uh, yeah, it it has become funny sometimes. It's funny how I how I make a living, but uh, it's it's music has been so valuable for me to see the world and learn people and get outside of uh, what for me could have been a pretty isolated community and situation it's that music has given me opportunities that i don't know that any other career could have i mean i mean i guess in sports you might travel a lot but only right. if, if you're some of the elite but in music you can be pretty terrible and still have opportunities to get around the world yeah well listen uh, we're going to grab a quick break we're chatting with ryan tilby you can find him at ryantilby.com uh ryan when we come back i want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, some of the highs and lows you've been, you've experienced in the music industry and then also i'm going to ask you for a little bit of advice to a young person who loves music and really wants to take a shot at a career like yours. So uh, I'm going to ask you for a little bit of advice for them when we come back to the Musician Studio. Back to the musician studio. My guest today is Ryan Tilby. Ryan Tilby plays guitar, mandolin, banjo, bass. He is a very well-known studio musician and producer. You can find him at ryantilby.com. Uh, so, Ryan, I've been saying that you play the guitar, mandolin, banjo, and bass. Have Have I missed any? Are there other instruments that you play? Oh, uh, I've I've played a lot of dobro, which is kind of that guitar-like. It looks like it has a hubcap on it, and you play it with a slide. Um, yes. Okay. All right. And then I and then I pride myself on the fact that I have and practice and I'm working on drums, but I never 
ever intend to be hired to play them. That's sort of a relief for me to to play something just for fun and, yeah. and know that know that I'm keeping one thing off of the. <laughs> You know, there's no pressure there. I can continue to be a terrible drummer, and it makes it just <laughs> fun for me. So that, but that's six. That's six uh, music or six uh, instruments. It's pretty good. Yeah, and and like you were saying before, they they do t- certain aspects tend to carry over from one instrument to another. It's it's uh, you, you start to see the patterns and learn the rules. So right. Yeah. Well, all that impressive. That makes a lot of sense. So let's talk a little bit about your career in music. Uh, I'm interested to know what's. Uh, Tell me about a a real low point in your musical career. Oh well, um, yeah. Th- there was uh, there have been two two moments uh, in my life. Uh, ironically, one one was one was a move that I made uh, from a place I'd been living uh, up to up to the Wasatch Front. Because I could just tell that wherever I was, it wasn't working. You know, it, the, the the money wasn't coming in. Um, the the career path didn't really seem like a path at all. Uh, and I and I took a move to a big, bigger, populated area with my new wife and and baby son. And uh, you know, once once I had a once I had a wife and a kid, people got a lot less excited about me pursuing music as a career and I, and I won't say that the support went away but there got there got to be a lot more furrowed eyebrows as I as I talked about how I was going to try to go about this you know right yes 26 I think and 20 and uh that that I, nothing terrible had happened but but emotionally that was a real low point and then and then I decided, well, if this is going to work, it's got to work in a different town. And I got, I got really afraid, and I moved, and I moved without really much of anything lined up for myself. Uh, and so for you know six months, it was, it was a rough go, and I, I, I started to question whether or not I had made a single right decision in my life because at that point, you know, I'd been playing music for you know almost a decade as far as professionally and. And that happened once again after after things things along the Wasatch Front kind of seemed to stall and and my interests and priorities changed and suddenly I found myself surrounded by a lot of furrowed brows and, <laughs> and the support never went away but the but the enthusiasm from my from my peers and my family also seemed to wane and I just thought oh no I need to, I need to change something again and, and ironically I'm moved back to a small town and, and got off of the bigger market and, and scene. And, and the same thing happened. I had, uh, I had six months to a year of just like really no solid evidence that I had made a smart choice at all. Uh, and, and, you know, I, the, difference, the difference between giving it up and not was, was just a little bit of faith in myself and, uh, and having surrounded myself or, or been surrounded. It's not like I had anything to do with it with, really good people who understood the bigger picture um that that got me through they they were my wife was patient my family was patient my my kid didn't know any better <laughs> right so. yeah what well, so so people still supported you but you could sense that they doubted you could you could really do it yeah there there's a there's the the music business is um it can be fickle. 
and and people like like we were talking about earlier people people think that to make it in the music business your name is up in lights and right. you're part of that 1% you right. just won the voice or something and it's hard it's it's hard for them to know that there are a million other ways to make it so so really quickly i started to i started to notice that people as talented as i may be or as proficient as i may be at something they they didn't know any full-time musicians and right. so that yeah. probably meant that it was a bad choice yeah 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 i i totally get that how close do you think you came to giving it up well i i Ethan, I run the good fortune of not being good at anything else. Um, <laughs> I never, I never, I never opted for a backup plan. You know, I went to college uh, for jazz guitar. Um, I, I, I never, I never had enough interest in anything else to give myself a back, a back door. And uh, so, emotionally, I, I came really close, but practically, I had. I had not given myself an out, which right. uh, I don't know if I did that on purpose or not. But uh, well, you know, there's well, so, there's something to be said for setting fire to the ship when you arrive. That's uh, yeah, that's what I did at a pretty early age. Yeah, it's uh, although I I can imagine it in those dark times. It must be easy though to you know look at other guys who are in real estate or you know have a stable job or something like that and think, boy, yeah, yeah. Yep. What the, the best the best part of the music business, uh, I've said this a lot. The best part of the music business is that other people think it's so cool. <laughs> is that really it? Well, let me ask you though, cuz so I asked you about the low times. Tell me about the what's what's the peak? What's what's been your your peak where you were on top and you said, "Oh man, this moment right here is amazing." The 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 high times, it's not one show, it's not one paycheck, it's not getting a song played on a TV show, it's not, you know, I, I remember standing in a Maverick station somewhere in the country and a song I had played on was on the radio above my head, and, I, and those, are all, those are all good little moments. Um, okay, here's something that happened to me about two weeks ago, and it was, it, this is the highlight of the music career for okay. me, my, my boy that I told you about, he's 12 now. Um, and there are two more kids after him. Um, but he sat me down and he, he started, he said, Dad, what do you, what do you actually do? What, what is it that you do when you're gone or when you're in the studio? And so we started to go through it. And, and the thing he was most taken by is the fact that I liked my job. Wow, and, uh, and and I liked what I did. He he, I I don't know if he got the impression from me or from society in general, but the impression he had is that a job was something you had to do that you were not expected to enjoy. Um, and and for me to look him in the eye and say, "Son, you can you can go through this life doing something you like and that you feel like you are uniquely good at." Uh, and I and I won't lie to him and say it's easy or, or no. that there aren't sacrifices, but to be able to to realize or look at it from the eyes of my own son and, and realize that I have for uh, twenty years now paid every bill I've ever paid by playing music, I just thought, wow, that's, that's, I am so fortunate and 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 blessed to to be able to say that. And and the worst day, you know, even if I'm stuck in Wisconsin on a Wednesday playing a gig that maybe isn't the greatest gig in the world uh man that's that's still pretty great and, yeah. and, I, and when i remind myself of that then 
then that's the best day in the music business. Well, what an amazing gift to give to your son also is that that understanding that, you know, he can he can decide what he wants to do and he can make sure he's doing something that uh, he's not only good at but also enjoys. It's, it's an amazing I gift. So. You know, not every kid walks into adulthood with that understanding. It must be really empowering for him. So, speak, so. speaking of young people, a young person is listening right now and they love music and they want to give it a shot in the, uh, you know, in the music business. Yeah. What, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? If they look at, you know, for someone looking at you and saying, man, I want to do what Ryan Tilby's doing. <laughs> I'm, Pay, paying every bill with music. If I, I mean, one piece of advice I would give, uh, if I could go back to my teenage self, I would say, man, get out of the practice room and go develop some people skills. <laughs> because I can't tell you how often uh, success in the music business is is predicated on your ability to get to know people and understand people and build a relationship. Uh, there are aspects of the business that are, are entirely based on who you know. Yeah. Uh, and and that's and that's not always. I mean, I think it is fair, but it's but it might not always seem fair. Um, but with that said, the time spent in the practice room, like you can you can. You can't, you can't, you won't ever blow a gig by. Well, yeah, you can, you can. <laughs> so both, I guess, is the answer. You, you know, spend all the time you need to in the practice room, um, but remember that that's that's not what makes you successful. Well, in 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 that way, I guess the music business is is like any other business where it matters the people that you know. And there might be someone, this happens in other industries as well, this happens in, in broadcasting, where there might be someone who is, strictly speaking, a little bit better than you, but you went out because you're able to manage yes. those relationships that are important. Yes. Being, being good at what you do is not enough to get you the gig. Now, if you're bad at what you do, you will never get the gig. Right, yes, yes. But, but being good at it isn't enough. And, yeah. and I know that sounds more like a threat than advice. Uh, but but the, music, the music business is such a, a well-rounded industry that unless you're, unless you're shooting for a, a position in a, in a symphony or something, you kind of have to have a finger in every pie and, and have, a, have a big picture of how it works. Well, Ryan, uh, this is great advice. Uh, I love your stories. I've really enjoyed this uh, time that we've spent together. Ryan Tilby is a great musician. As he said, he's paid every bill he's ever had playing music, and that's, uh, that's something to say, even among professional musicians. That's actually a pretty rare boast. Uh, he plays the guitar, mandolin, banjo, and bass, and he also plays uh, the drums. Though he's an unofficial drummer. Very unofficial. Right. You can find Ryan at ryantilby.com. That's ryantilby.com. That's also where you can contact him and connect with him on social media and uh, see some of his videos and hear some of his music. I, I saw on your website you've got some cool kind of, uh, they're kind of like instructional videos where you walk people oh, yeah. through some of the arrangements you've done for guitars. And they're very yeah, cool videos. Check those out. All right, so cool resource, RyanTilby.com. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. Ethan, thank you.